this is a living creature, okay? Like, it didn't ask for this. It did not ask to live in your house in whatever type of enclosure, whether you keep it in a tub or a, or a cage. That thing, by design, should be out in the wild, right? So, because of the fact that we are making that decision for it, we need to treat it well, and we need to treat it with respect. And if you're just focusing on money, then, man, I, 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 like, I feel like you're not respecting that animal. Welcome to From the Ground Up, where we talk to reptile keepers and breeders about all things cold-blooded. Sit back and have a beer with us. Well, some of you are driving. If you're driving, keep your hands tended to and enjoy the show. We are going to do a quick hour-long podcast with our friend, Riley. So, Riley, if you'd want to give us a quick um, intro on who you are and where you're from, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. Um, well, my name is Riley West Anderson. I, uh, I'm a tattoo artist um, by trade out of uh, um, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, is where I work, and I live in Waterloo, Iowa. Sweet. So give us a little overview of what you're keeping. Well, um, right now I am uh, focusing mostly on uh, dry Marcon. Uh, so I, I keep, um, I have a breeding pair of Eastern Indigos um, that are um, 2017. Um, then I got um, a male uh, blacktail uh, Kribo uh, dry Marcon Melanuris. Uh, then I got a I got a, I just got a female, um, 2018, uh, that I'm going to be breeding obviously years down the road, but then I also have, uh, I keep yellowtails and then I also have a Patias Carnata. I don't have a very large collection right now cause I've been focusing on kind of more expensive stuff, but you know, I'm just kind of weeding it out. <laughs> yeah. It seems like, um, I didn't hear about you, but when I started hearing about you, you had like really badass stuff. So like, did you start, were these your first reptiles and you just went full in or were you keeping stuff prior? No, I've actually been keeping snakes on and off for 18 years. Um, I'm 28 now. And, uh, I, you know, my first snake I ever got was a corn snake when I was, uh, when I was 10. Um, and, uh, his name was Sam. He was an albino corn snake, uh, he unfortunately uh, died when my dad's house burnt down. Wow. Uh, my dad's friend actually like ran into the house to like save this like corn snake. And it's like, you know, it's like 10 gallon uh, fucking aquarium. <laughs> and my dad's friend literally ran into the burning house to like save this fucking thing. But unfortunately, smoke inhalation killed it. So and like any 10 year old, I buried it in my dad's yard. <laughs> but uh, yeah, then um, a couple years ago. I'd say uh, back in, I think 2012 is when I, you know, because like um, when I was a kid, my stepdad, uh, he hated snakes and was afraid of them, so I wasn't able to keep snakes. So then finally, like in, in like 2012, I'm like, hey, I'm an adult. I like don't have to worry about people telling me what I can and can't do. I'm gonna get fucking snakes again, and I started down the the ball python uh, route and did that for a few years and uh got a pretty decent collection of around like 20 or so snakes and uh i had to I kind of bailed out 
for uh for like a year or two because i had a kid and uh life gets interesting sometimes and you have to reevaluate your priorities but but then um so yeah i had about a, like a about a two-year hiatus from like owning reptiles and then like last year <laughs> last year i got back into it and i just kind of went hog wild and went balls deep into it you know so what made you make the switch from some, I mean, I couldn't think of things much more opposite than dry Markon from ball Python. So what made you get into them in general? Like, uh, it's oh man, another. well, I had learned about dry Markon, like, you know, like Indigo's years ago, um, back when I was getting into, uh, ball pythons and I, I, you know, I thought they were really cool. Um, but I was like, oh man, you got to get a permit and, you know, it's this really expensive animal, which it's really not that expensive compared to like how much fuckers pay for ball pythons these days. And, expensive to me, man. Yeah. Well, shit, dude. Like I have a, I have a guy that comes to the tattoo shop I work at. Um, and he, you know, he works with balls and he's telling me like, he's going to Tinley with like 10 grand. I'm like, Jesus, dude. That's, but anyway, um, the switch. So I, I've liked, you know, dry Marcon for a while and I was just like you know what fuck it like I want something cool ball pythons are there's nothing wrong with ball pythons all right like they're cool snakes um but they're kind of boring they don't really do a whole lot they just kind of sit there and you know I wanted something that was you know kind of made my you know blood rush a little bit and uh dry marker aren't like dangerous but like but but they're fun you know they're they're very active snake and I said, fuck it. And, you know, first dry market I got was an Eastern Indigo. So did you get one in the state that you're living, within the state that you're living, or did you have to go through the whole permit process? No, I went through the whole process, man. I I went, um, I went, I just dove right into it. Um, at first I was going to get like a, like a blacktail Kribo or something first. So like, you know, I didn't, <laughs> I thought it was like, oh, well maybe that's like a starter to like get to a, you know, an Indigo and really they're they're i mean they're the same animal really you know so it's like well just get an indigo you know if that's what you want get it and um i i actually got hit um hit up by a really awesome breeder in uh in um the hobby because i had posted an ad on uh i can't remember which facebook group but i posted an ad on a facebook group and he actually hit me up uh victor herrick who uh it's kind of he's been like working with indigos for uh, I want to say like, like around 20 years or so, probably even longer, I think. Um, and he's like a, he's like a retired police officer, but he's, uh, he's awesome, man. And he, he like hit me up and helped me through the whole process. Um, it, it's not that hard, you know? I mean, the permit's only like a hundred bucks, which is not too bad. And then, you know, it's just mostly a lot of like waiting for the government to like do their fucking job. And as we know, how that can fucking be but <laughs> how long from start to finish pretty much you know honestly it only took you know the, well, the whole process in general took a few months and the reason why it took a few months was because i gave uh vic his deposit which he only wanted like a 50 dollar deposit which was i thought was like really low um back in may of 2017 and it took me till like September till I was able to get 
um, the animal. And the reason being was not so much the government aspect of it, you know, you know, uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife, uh, it really only took them a few weeks to get things in order, which I've heard stories of it taking like months and months and months for them to get, you know, their shit together. Um, but it was mostly because of heat, you know, their, you know, dry Marcon are, are very sensitive to heat. So, you know, can't really send it in the middle of July. They'll fucking fry. So you gotta be very careful about temps. And, you know, finally September is when temps started to get a little bit more reasonable. So that's, that's why it took as long as it did. So, and then what, um, from getting your first dry mark on, did you buy a pair right off the bat or did you get a lone female male? No, actually. So what, so what happened was I, I'd gotten a male, um, I'd gotten a 2016 male, um, back in 2017. And, you know, at that point I had like, I, I had a couple King snakes, corn snake, and then, and, and I did have a ball Python. <laughs> and, um, that's when I really started to like fall in love with these larger colubrids. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to kind of phase out this other stuff I got going on. And so I got the, I got the male, um, 2016 indigo from Vic. And, um, then a couple months later, I would gotten, uh, a 2017, uh, male, uh, black tail Cribo, uh, from a great guy out of California. And, uh, then basically what happened is January, um, came around and, you know, the snake I thought had been doing really well, uh, but he, he unfortunately passed away. It was that kind was of a the, really, uh, the you know, indigo. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and it was I, like, I like came home from work. I actually had, I, I had a buddy, uh, staying over another tattoo artist, uh, cause we had been working on a collaboration piece all day <laughs> and he, and cause he, you know, he was crashing out my place cause, uh, you know, uh, he was from out of town and I was like, Oh, cool dude. You get to come over and, you know, see my, you know, see my cool snake that I got that like, no, that nobody I know, you know, as like in my personal life even understands what it is. And I fucking walk in and like, Oh, it's dead. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally, literally that day. Oh yeah, dude. Oh, it was just like, I just walked in like, Oh, it's, Oh, it's not moving. That's oh shit. So um, that was a really shit deal, though. So, what did you end up doing? Cause did you get a uh, necropsy or anything done? Yeah. So, obviously, I was I was heartbroken, man. Cause like I love that snake. And the thing is, with with dry marcon, like a lot of people, I think, kind of exaggerate their level of intelligence. Um, I think they're definitely a smart animal. Um, but they're not that fucking smart. Okay? They're still a snake, yeah. Yeah, they're very food motivated, and they're diurnal, and they got good eyesight. So I think because of the fact that, you know, they uh, they are diurnal and you know see really well, and they like focus on your face and stuff. I think that's why people attribute that to, you know, intelligence. But eh, they're 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 fucking stupid, dude. I've see, I see them bite themselves like all the fucking time. You know, they shit in their water bowl just like any other stupid snake, you know. They're, yeah, that's what they are. But 
I still loved the hell out of this thing because it was a really cool animal, you know? And, and like, I felt like he was recognizing me as his owner and we were starting to build a rapport, you know? Obviously, he didn't fucking love me, but he respected the fact that I brought him food, you know, every four days. So I did get a necropsy done. Um, I was like, you know what? I, you know, I spent all this time and money getting this animal. I gotta figure out what killed this thing, right? Because... You know, I was, you know, obsessed with my husbandry, like making sure like everything was dialed in. Because, of course, that's the first thing people ask you, well, how how were your temps and how was your humidity? And, you know, it's like, yeah, motherfucker, I know. Like, I got this shit dialed in. I spent a thousand dollars on a snake. I'm not going to, like, skimp over, you know, husbandry shit. So I got a necropsy done. And see, I'd actually had made a mistake because what I did is right away I took the snake and put it in the freezer, Right. I didn't realize, like, oh, no, 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 you don't want to do that, you know, um, you want to, you know, not put it in, the, you know, maybe put it in, in the fridge, but don't put it in the freezer, you know, but I still took it in, you know, thankfully, I found out that I have a exotic uh, vet, like, literally, like, just down the road from me, and, uh, which is kind of, you know, I'm kind of lucky because I'm in the middle of fucking Iowa, dude, and there ain't shit for exotic vets around here. And I just kind of lucked out. So I took her, I took him to uh, to this vet, and I'm like, hey, guys, can you can you kind of see what, what went down here? And uh, so they did. And uh, called me back, I think like a day or so later, and told me that a lot of its organs, including like its heart, um, and like, um, liver, um, had become calcified and it's like, well, that's that, like, like that's fucking weird. You know? Um, I had never heard of anything like that happening before in, in snakes, like calcification of, of organs. Because what had kind of tipped me off to, like, maybe that there was something wrong with him was he had not eaten for two weeks. Now, for a lot of snakes, that's not a big deal, right? Two weeks, that ain't shit. You know, people get, like, a ball python. That's not eating in two weeks. I was like, dude, that thing can eat, like, not eat for a fucking year. All right? (laughs) Like, you're fine. Chill out. But two weeks for dry marcon, like, that's, that's a little... I don't know, man. Like, that's not good because I feed these things like every four days, you know, because they have such a high metabolism, you know, I mean, they're very active snake. They shit constantly, which the, the, the poop thing with them is definitely not underplayed that, that that's for real. Um, it sucks. And I live in a, you know, two bedroom apartment. It, it, it's hard to mitigate it, (laughs) but anyway, I uh, got the necropsy done, said it was, uh, cal- you know, calcification of the organs, and he basically died of liver failure. Um, then my vet was like, look, we can send out his organs to uh, um, the uh, the Iowa State Vet College, which, if, if you don't know about, is actually one of the best vet colleges in the country. Um, Iowa State, uh, they... Which is in Ames, Iowa. They uh, very prestigious vet college. Um, you know, Iowa. We have a lot of like farmers and agriculture, so it's it's important for people to learn that shit. Right. So, so it's very, 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 very prestigious 
um, vet college and they, uh, she uh, sent the organs out there to have them analyze it. And, you know, I had a lot of people hit me up cause I was very transparent in like forums. I'm like, Hey guys, my fucking snake died. I don't know what happened, but I'm going to figure this out. And I had a lot of people hit me up that had like siblings to this animal being like, Hey, please let me know what you find out because if this is something that's hereditary you know or um or whatnot like that like that could be an issue you know um because you know anybody who knows anything about dry maracon especially eastern indigos is that the, the the gene pool in captivity is very slim it's a very small gene pool because you know we we obviously can't field collect because they're you know uh, federally protected. So a, a lot of people were kind of like freaking out and like on the edge of their seats and were like, this was also something that had, that had never been documented before, like in this species, like calcification of organs, like that's kind of a kind of a big deal. So sent it out to Iowa um, State, then they they did their thing and basically. Turns out that he just had a metabolic issue, right? It wasn't anything that was genetic. It was just like, you know, sometimes people are born fucked up with like, oh, this person was born with like a thyroid problem or born, you know, it it just happened. So thankfully it was just something that it's just a fluke deal. Lucky me, right? First time getting a, a <laughs> really really expensive animal. Hey fucker, you won the lottery, your snake was fucked up from birth. Good luck. Um so yeah, that was just really dead devastating, but it was nice to kind of get some sort of closure knowing that it was nothing I did because the vet was like, he's otherwise looks really healthy, you know, well hydrated, well fed is just, just weird fluke deal. So there's no correlation to feed or anything like that or diet. It was just something. No, because. That- yeah, because like we went very thorough with like the diet that I had been providing. They're asking me all kinds of you know questions of like, you know, what were you feeding it? Uh, and like, look, man, I fed it quail, I fed it rats, fed it like chicken gizzards, um, I fed it you know snakes, uh, you know, uh, you know um, uh, other snakes that had been frozen for months and months and months and months. I had a guy that I used to get rats from that also bred ball pythons and he i i bought some of you monster i know i'm 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 satan incarnate uh (laughs) but uh (laughs) but yeah so like you know i fed it a lot of different stuff i fed it a turkey neck on thanksgiving because i'm a dork (laughs) (laughs) you know so i and you know and like i i'd fed it salmon too not all the time because that's fucking expensive but (laughs) like you know like if i was you know, uh, eating salmon or whatever, you know, cooking, you know, just cut off some slices for it. But, uh, yeah, you know, you know, diet was perfect. You know, a very diet that, uh, that, you know, they require and it just had nothing to do with that. So, yeah. So where do you go from there as far as, um, how do you go about replacing that animal? Like, did you even feel like, going on as far as indigos or you know yeah that was well that was a real kick to the nuts not gonna lie and very very difficult to like um just to deal with but i was like you know what 
I'm not going to give up. I had a lot of people reach out to me and, and they were like, Hey man, don't give up on this journey of wanting to get into Indigos and getting into dry Marcon. Don't give up just because you had a snake die does not mean that it should be the end of the road for you. And plus it was nothing I did. Right. So it's like, okay, yeah, fuck it. Let's do this. Let's let, let, you know, let's do this thing. So I actually got a hold of the, the breeder that I got it from. And I told him like, Hey man, this is what happened. I'm not like, you know, calling you to chew you out. Cause it was nothing he did. Right. Mm-hmm. Nothing he did. He had no idea. And there was no idea that we could have known. Right. Cause it was all internal. You know, I don't got fucking x-ray vision. So I, no way I could tell that this snake had a problem. And I told Vic, I'm like, Hey man, like this is what happened. Like, I, you know, I'm sorry to let you know that your snake died, that you get, you know, that you sold me. And Vic is one of the best dudes I've ever met in this hobby. Um, cause he was like, Hey dude. Um, well he didn't say dude cause he's an older guy, but <laughs> he was like, he's like, look, you know, I know you really wanted to get a female from me this year. So what I'm going to do for you is if you purchase a female from me this year, I'm going to send you a male for free. That's fair. <laughs> and I didn't ask for that. Right. Like I wasn't like, Hey man, you owe me a fucking snake, you know, but you know, out of the kindness of his heart, he was like, Hey dude, you buy, you know, you buy a female from me this year, I will send you a male for free. And I was like, shit, I can't, I mean, I can't turn that down. So I went through the whole process again. And this time it, it took less time though. Took much less time. Granted, I did have to wait because, like this, the, the, you know, this was in January that that this all happened, and then, you know, I uh, had to go through the process of sending out the the information to Fish and Wildlife, and um, then had to wait for the ungodly amount of snow we kept getting to just fucking stop. Because in the Midwest, dude, we were just getting piss pounded by snow, just like every other week, like into almost into april and i was like come on like i just want to get this fucking snake like this snow is pissing me off but um fish and wildlife it only took them three weeks three weeks which is pretty good because most of the time it takes them months but yeah it, it only took them like three weeks to get that taken care of and then i got the pair i got the pair of snakes and uh it was awesome like i i was just super overjoyed to get back into those you know yeah that's awesome so now you are i mean probably eight months or so into your your new pair so how is everything going on that end and are you you're doing the same exact thing with them and everything's good yeah dude they are uh they're doing fantastic uh they eat like fucking machines dude um they eat uh like I said, like every four days. Um, and it's like by the fourth day, they act like they've never seen food before. <laughs> They're like, how could you go this long without feeding me? <laughs> like, well, I'm sorry, but I can't feed you every single day. They would eat until they exploded if if you let them. Mm. Um, but they're doing great, man. They're growing like weeds. They're all, you know, at, at a 13 months old, these things are... 
uh, already a smidge past the four foot mark both the male and female god damn so uh, for a little reference yeah. i mean how big are adults typically adults um so like females you know usually tap out at around six foot so what's crazy is that you know my female is already like you know she's only two feet away from being full grown and she's only you know a year old and that's insane um Granted, it does help, like, during summer months, like, they they, they pound food like crazy. Um, but, uh, you know, males can reach uh, usually around seven, eight foot. Uh, the record is, like, nine foot for, uh, for indigos. But uh, they get pretty big, and they're very heavy-bodied, you know. They get really thick. Now, as they... For a for bluebird, anyway. Yeah, as they get older, are you gonna you're gonna slow down feed a bit, and are you gonna brumate them as well? Yeah. So basically, as they get older, obviously, you'll you'll need to like um, slow down their 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 feeding a little bit, uh, especially the males. You don't want them to get too fat. Um, you know, you'll want to switch to like one day a week, um, especially during like colder months. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they don't really go through, like, a brumation, though, um, as far as I understand from, from a lot of people that I've talked to, and I've talked to a lot of people about them, uh, they don't really brumate, man. Um, you know, you, you, you can, like, lower their temps a little bit. I mean, they already like it at, like, you know, 75 um, to 80 max. So you don't really have to lower their temps too much. Um, you know, to like maybe like the sixties and, but they don't really like sleep or whatever, or, you know, chill out like a lot of colubrids do because their breeding, um, cycle is a little bit different because, you know, they, you know, they tend to breed in like November. So, which is a lot different than most colubrids, you know? Yeah. With, with, you know, which are spring breeders. So, so yeah, this Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about um, moving on, I guess, from the indigos, but staying in dry Marcon. Let's talk about uh, Blacktail Cribo. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And so, do you have a lone, just a lone male black uh, Blacktail Cribo, or what are you working with? Yep, yep. I got a I got a 2017 male that um, is doing fantastic. He's he's probably my most relaxed of my shit the phone fell <laughs> most relaxed of my dries um i mean the breeder that i got him from was like hand feeding him when he was a baby which i wouldn't do now <laughs> i definitely wouldn't do now it's and especially when he's a like full-grown adult i would have to go to the hospital <laughs> but uh yeah, uh, he's he's super chill, especially when I get him out. Um, during feeding, he turns into a fucking psycho, like all dries. But um, yeah, so so I got a male, a 2017 male, and then I have a 2018 female that I just got like two weeks ago. And she's so small; it's like she's like she's like maybe like like that long. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, she's just like a little worm, and I'm like feeding her like silver sides and like pinky mice. So how but, are the, how do those differ from your indigos? Um, not too much. Uh, 
blacktail creepos can handle heat a little bit better than indigos can because you know they're more of a central american um species of the genus uh they don't really differ too much honestly i mean they're pretty much like the same snake they're all kind of like copies of, of each other just different color you know uh jobs or whatever um but uh i will say this though the shit is not as bad with the black tail i don't know what it is about like them you know being a different species but so closely related that why the indigo shit is so much worse than black tail shit i don't get it <laughs> I just don't get it. So what do you but plan? Do you plan um, as far as breeding, breeding these and stuff in the future? Um, you plan to just have a couple pairs going and, or do you plan on building a larger collection? Yeah. So my plan is right now I'm in a two bedroom apartment. <laughs> so, you know, I don't have that much room. All my snakes are in my living room right now. <laughs> So it's, I'm, I'm running out of space quick, but I'm planning on moving within the next year here and trying to get into a house. Um, and that's when I'm going to go hog wild. I'm going to really, really start investing more and more money into that, you know, cause with these guys, like there's nothing wrong with with doing racks which i think racks especially for like babies are like perfectly okay um but with these guys you know they need bigger cages and you know when they're adults they need you know six foot cages that's a lot of space so i definitely need like a basement where i can just like fill it up and turn into my snake man cave so i see some four foot uh cages behind you are yep. they in those right now, the yearlings? Yes, they are. Yep. I, uh, they're uh, animal plastic cages. Um, and uh, those work great, by the way, for anybody out there that wants uh, some, some caging. Um, animal plastics are fantastic. And actually what's really cool for me is I only live two hours away from their facility. I, like, I, like, I'd known about animal plastics for years and didn't realize that they were in Iowa. I'm like, huh, cool. So, and like, there's just like a small, like mom and pop kind of like a uh, business. And I just, I just, so that way I don't have to put the things together because I'm not very handy. I just, you know, <laughs> I'm not at all. I just drive down there, pick it up and then, you know, bring it home. Yeah. So for us, we need to order them online and wait like half a year and then they show up maybe. That's the only thing with animal plastics is they do have a pretty long lead time. Uh, they do take a while, but again, like I, I've, you know, I've been to their facility. It's just like a couple dudes in like a back like warehouse putting these things together. So, you know, it's a small business. You know, I mean the, um, the wife of the owner, uh, I guess the owners, um, you know, she brings her kids to the, you know, office with her. So it's like. You know, small, small business, man. You know, so that's why it takes so long. Yeah, for sure. And now for um, the Mexican or the the blacktail Kribo, that yeah. uh, stays around the same size as in Eastern? Or? I, you know, I've heard some people say that they might get a little bit longer. Um, I think that indigos are probably one of the smaller um, species in, like, the dry um, – Marcon, you know, genus. 
granted, I don't work with all the drives, so I can't really say. Um, I'd like to work with more. Um, there's like I think like seven different species within the genus, and you know they all vary, you know, quite a bit. But uh, you know, from what I understand, blacktails and indigo stay pretty close in size. And where are you so, where are you trying to go? Kind of, uh, I guess we'll hint at it already, but. Patias, yeah. I know you just got into those. So what's yeah. the deal with uh, large colubrids and where are you trying to branch out as far as that goes? Um, well, I I did just get a Patias carnata probably a smidge over a month ago. I, I really think those animals are cool. Uh, I'm trying to, you know, do mostly dries because they're a little bit more for as far as uncommon colubrids they're a little bit more common um you know and they uh you know they hold their uh, value very well which i mean obviously i'm not in it for the money but you know if i'm going to spend all this money into shit i want to make sure that i can at least get somewhat of a return you know so dries hold their value very well um and they just get more expensive with age and uh so i i I really love um like king rats uh i've been really tempted to like dip into that because i think those are some really cool looking animals um alafe carnata for all you nerds out there (laughs) um yeah those things are super cool um i also really like um you know like like vietnamese um vietnamese uh blue beauties i cannot remember their latin name off the top of my head um i wish i knew it i know it's it starts with an O, I think um but yeah vietnamese blue beauties i've been really thinking about dipping into that um i don't mean just like i i'm really kind of nerding out on larger colubrids that just get big and that tend to have a cantankerous attitude yeah it seems like you're just getting worse and worse as far as attitude as far as feeding as far as keeping yeah you're just uh (laughs) like punishment i guess it's kind of ridiculous you know the funny thing is though i've only been bitten by a dry like a couple times and from a baby thankfully um by my yellowtail kribo uh, he's he so yellowtails um, are, are much harder to start out than like other dries, and he's kind of a runt, but he's he's quickly quickly getting um, um, up there because uh, when I got him, he wouldn't even eat if I was in the room. He he just like wouldn't touch it. But then now he's probably one of my most aggressive feeders. Um, just goes ape shit when he sees food. And is that Captain but, uh, Born and Bred? Yes, yes, he is captive bred, um, but I, if if I believe correctly, he's only like second generation in though. So he's you know, his grandparents are fucking wild caught. So he's still a little pretty you know cantankerous compared to like you know like blacktails which have been in for so long in the you know hobby as you know as well as like indigos which are just very placid animals when they're not when when there's not food in front of them. But, uh, you know, you know, getting bit by the yellowtail baby was nothing. It didn't even break the skin. But the thing is, is that if I got bit by an adult, which I'm hoping I get him tamed down by the time he's, you know, 10 feet long, <laughs> that uh, he doesn't, you know, try to bite me anymore because 
I mean, if, if you get bit by a, you know, by a dry that's, you know, nine, 10 feet long, you're, 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 you're going to have a very bad day, you know, cause like their jaws are so powerful, dude. Like when they hit food and like, I know you had John Michaels on um, a few months ago or whatever. And what he was talking about how they like plow through food is absolutely correct. It is insane how they just piss pound their food. And, uh, you can feel it like in like the hemostats, like the pressure that they put when they bite down, it's, it's pretty intense. Even for like yearlings, I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty scary. And now do you but, have, um, any issues with, I mean, in particularly, I guess the Patias Carinata as far as, um, feeding and getting on the rodents? Yeah. So story time about the Patias. I, First off, I got ripped off by a dude here recently because I, back in May was when I was like, when I was like, I'm gonna pull the trigger on this shit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go all in, get something insane. Cause why not? You only live once, right? YOLO. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, let's get something scary. So I put an ad out there, um, seeing about getting a Batias Carnata from someone. And sketch like, I would be start coming out of the woodworks on that one. It surprisingly not everywhere. really a whole lot but i did get hit up by one guy and he seemed you know he seemed like a nice guy he showed me some pictures of this you know like seven foot animal that he had and i was like all right all right um paid him the money which he asked for a pretty low number and that should have been a warning sign to me but i was just so like oh big awesome snake yeah, let's do it. So I kind of, against my better judgment, uh, you know, gave the guy his money. Um, and just one thing after another, excuses, excuses, I he just kept bullshitting me and wasn't sending the animal. I'm like, dude, like, what is the deal here? Finally, I was like, all right, dude, fuck you. I'm going to dispute this with PayPal. Um, unfortunately, I was an idiot, and I, and I had accidentally clicked uh, friends and family when I sent the money, like a total noob. And PayPal was like, "Fuck you, we can't do anything." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh shit!" But thankfully, my bank was really awesome, and they got my money back. And I'm not gonna put the guy's name on blast, but it was just like a really shit deal, and really just like you know disappointing me because I had like a lot of money wrapped up, um, in this you know thing, and I was pretty like, "Oh shit, man!" Like. Now I got to start over. And, you know, as we know, like, Batias Carnata don't really come around a whole lot. You know, they're not a super common thing, and they're pretty much all wild-caught, right? You know, in fact, pretty much everything out there is wild-caught. Because, uh, you know, they didn't get first produced until, I think, like, I think it was, like, last year. I think, like, Dan, Dan Mullier, uh got one that, that he produced. And then... uh this year, though, uh, Alan uh, Brutowski, I think I'm pronouncing that correct, uh, produced some captive bred uh, Patias Carnata, which is kind of a huge deal. So I was like, fuck, here I am. You know, I don't have my money and I don't have the snake. This sucks. But thankfully, my, my bank did get me my money back and I put it out there again. I'm like, look, who... Who's got one of these things? I really want to get into this because it's a cool 
it's a really cool animal that gets you know the top out at like 14 feet long right like that's that's a cool animal you know and it looks like a king cobra except for its head but you know uh yeah they're uh which is interesting because like their body shape and like the pattern is almost identical to that of the king cobras and in fact they get confused for them a lot um in like their uh, countries of origin but uh I was like, all right, let's, you know, let's see about finding one. And then uh, I had a few people that hit me up like, hey, man, check this dude out. He can um, help you out. And I got a hold of uh, Joe Switalski, I think is um, how I pronounce his name. I'm, I'm really bad with, with, with names, no, but uh, yeah. But Joe uh, had two, two, uh, two snakes available. And uh, one of them was uh, melanistic, and I was like, "Oh man, melanistic!" And like, I mean, you know, he sent me some pictures, and you know, this thing's dark. It's super dark, man. Like, it's it's almost completely no, it's black. jet. Yeah, yeah, this thing's black. And you know, I've seen some other like, you know, melanistic ones, and you know, this one's the darkest one I've seen. And I was like, you know what? fuck it let's do it let's get this animal and it's already eight feet long <laughs> and i'm like oh god i've never dealt with an eight foot long snake before um let alone one that's you know fast as fuck and tends to have a propensity to bite faces off not literally but you know <laughs> they like to aim for faces apparently from a lot of people i've talked to because you know they just they got great eyesight, man. They just have, I mean, their eyes are fucking huge compared to the size of their head. It's ridiculous. And, uh, so yeah, I, I bought them. And, uh, then I went and got some gear to protect myself. (laughs) Had to put on armor, you know, (laughs) like get this wild caught snake. That's only been in the country since June. Like, Oh, okay. And, uh, so yeah, um, snake shows up. Joe had told me too that it was in shed as well. I'm like, oh great! Not only is this thing pissed off because it's traveled from Indonesia to Florida and then now is being flown to Waterloo, Iowa, to live in my two-bedroom apartment, <laughs> but it's all from shed. Great, fantastic. So I I gear up. <laughs> I know that like some people are probably like, God, what a pussy. But I, I, I went out and I bought like a face shield. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I'm not even joking, dude. I went out and bought a face shield and I bought like welding gloves and, and stuff. I'm like, all right, I'm going into battle with like a fucking dragon here. <laughs> and, uh, I, I opened up the box and I opened up the snake bag, you know, packaging was perfect. And, uh, I just kind of let it start um, kind of going out on its own because I'm, I'm not just going to fucking reach in there. Like, that's asking the – that's, like, intentionally stepping on a landmine. Um, you don't do it. So I just let it kind of start calling out, and uh, I, I I grabbed it um, very slowly, mind you. Very slowly. I'm like, I cannot make any sudden movements. This is going to be terrible. And – you know, it's going good. I'm like, all right. You know, he's he's not, like, freaking out. I'm not freaking out. We're good. You know, I, I got the door open for, like, his cage. I'm like, all right, here we go. And, like, I'm holding him. 
you know, and he starts to slowly turn his head back towards me. I'm like, Here it comes. oh, fuck. This thing's going to light my ass up, right? But thankfully, he didn't. He didn't try to bite me. However, this thing fucking growled at me, Joe. <laughs> thing growled at me. Now, in that moment, holding a snake, I about shit myself. Because, like, what have I got myself into? This eight-foot wild-caught snake just fucking growled at me. Not hissed, growled. Like, I didn't even think that was a thing. Because, like, you know, like, I've heard of, like, king cobras growling. Because, like, you know, they're fucking huge and their heads are, like, this big. But... The, yeah man this thing growled at me and i was like all right well here we go but he didn't do anything i, I just i put him in his cage and he went and hit out so it, it 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 went off without a hitch for the most part you know thankfully i didn't get lit up yeah i don't i don't blame you i've done that i've opened the bag and then put it in the enclosure and then left it for like you know however long it took to finally find his way out of the bag i've done all that shit before Oh, yeah. I mean... I don't, I don't need to get bit for no reason. Well, yeah, I mean, and like, I mean, shit, dude, like, you keep, what, like, a, you have, like, an olive python, and uh, you have, like, a you have like a water python, too, right? Yeah. I think, yeah. to me, those are um, predictable and everything, but I have, my pine snakes are all very uh, crazy, and they do yeah. different variants of hisses and growls, kind of, and... Oh, for sure, man. Um, you know anything in the uh, the Pitophis? I'm probably fucking that yeah, up. You're right. Um, yeah, they they tend to be very vocal for sure. Um, but yeah, man, this thing. Uh, so then there was the whole issue of trying to get it to eat, right? Well, I've dealt with some problem feeders before, but this thing kind of has taken the cake on like frustration because i'm like okay this thing had already not eaten for a while um before i got it because it was in shed well thankfully a couple days established it he he said that you know he he said that it had been eating um and he thankfully had also treated it for um for parasites so I was like, all right, cool. Well, that's one thing I don't have to do. I mean, granted, I'll have to do it again in probably like six months um, just to make sure that nothing had been like incubating in there. Um, but uh, he said it was eaten pretty decently from me, but the thing was stressed out, man. It had just been on a flight from Florida to Iowa. And, um, you know, plus it had been shed. So this thing was stressed the fuck out, rightfully so. And so um, these things like frogs a lot. So I had went out into like an Asian market and bought some frozen frog legs. I'd love to have been able to find some whole-bodied frog, but dude, no luck there. So got some frog legs, and you know, I tried like leaving it out. Nothing. Just in two weeks had gone by of me trying different things to like feed this animal i'm like getting stressed out like oh man this thing hasn't eaten in like quite a while you know they tend to you know you want to feed them similar to, to like how you would like your dry mark on like you know like every you know four or five days because they're super active you know and uh 
I was getting pretty stressed out. I was like, dude, I just spent a shit ton of money on this snake. It's not one to eat. It's from, it's, you know, two months ago, it was like living in the jungles of Indonesia. Oh my God. Like, this is a whole new world of fuckery that I had never been involved in, you know? I, you know, I was a guy that was used to like keeping ball pythons and like blood pythons, you know? Uh, shit had been captive bred for so long. So, this was a very whole new world for me. Um, very scary, you know, getting a wild caught snake. But uh, finally, someone was like, okay, man, try just shoving the food into its hide box while it's in there, leaving it overnight. I'm like, haven't tried that. Fuck it. Let's do it. It worked. It worked. Now this thing eats every time. How many I, granted, I throw, you got to put in there? I do one. I I do one pair. Cut them in half. But I've been fucking around with trying like different things. I've gotten him to eat quail. I've gotten him to eat a rat once. Uh, actually, last night I fed him and I got him to eat chicken gizzards. So, um, I do have a couple frozen snakes. I might throw his way to see if he like because like those guys tend to like those too. So, yeah, man, I was pretty stoked that I finally, like, figured out the code to, like, feed this thing. And uh, people have told me that, you know, once you do that for a few times, then they might start taking it off tongs and they'll just eat anything. So, um, I'm just really happy that he's eaten. And uh, I actually got a fecal done. Um, I think it was, like, two weeks ago now. I, because uh, I was, like kind of scared like you know this is a wild caught snake and not and not saying i didn't trust you know joe for like um you know treating it because you know he's a pretty reputable dude and i just want to double check you know like this animal is important to me i want to make sure that it's healthy and i got a i got a fecal done and came out perfect not a single parasite so i think you have which, to do your due diligence with that yeah man animal. i think uh yeah i mean there's a whole different game you're playing when you're dealing with wild caught or imports especially large colubrids like that and things that are notoriously uh whether it's filled with parasites whether it is hard to get feeding whether it just they just don't thrive very well in captivity a lot of them like right i think you kind yeah. of and if people don't do that i don't think you're willing to go as far to keep those in captivity as far as like you have to be willing to do all that stuff in order to keep those kinds of animals. It's not like the snakes I keep. I put those in their enclosure and forget about them for however, you know? And yeah, those animals are just kind of a different game. Yeah, man, it really is. You know, um, it's, it's one of those deals where you have to do your homework. You have to do your research. You, and you have to, you know, keep on it. You know, you can't just fuck off and not keep tabs on things. You know, you got to keep track of when it eats. You have to, you know, you have to do, get fecals done and, you know, make sure that this thing is, you know, thriving. Cause I mean, shit, dude, there's not very many people keeping Patias Carnata, like at all. Um, there's a very small group of us that have them. And it's actually funny because, um, Joe Spitalski actually hit me up today seeing if I wanted to buy another male. I'm like, oh, damn it. Like, oh, man. It's like, not 
it's not good for me, <laughs> you know, um, because I have a problem with impulse buys and yeah, but thankfully I'm like, well, my excuse is I don't have a cage for it. So, but knowing me, if I did have a cage open, Joe, I would have bought that thing today. <laughs> Uh, you you got to wait around to see if uh, I don't know how often they import melanistic animals or how often you would come yeah. across something like that. Uh, well, this one's not melanistic, the one that he offered me. Um, but uh, still, I mean, it's a nine foot male and it's oh, it's gorgeous. But um, and like it's funny, like now that I've like kind of gotten into like the realm of people that keep a tie, like there's a lot of people like, hey man, like I'm thinking about possibly selling mine. I'm like, oh, you guys stop it <laughs> you know but i i also kind of want to hold out for a female which i know is going to be hard because those do not come around barely ever but you know i would like to get a female and you know eventually i'd like to get like a nice little colony of of batias going to try to breed you know I thankfully been talking a lot with like um, Alan Bertoski and he's helped me out a lot with, with like my keeping with the Batias and you know I'd love to pick his brain some more about how to breed them and uh, get that going and, and, and like here's what's kind of crazy I think about what I'm doing is like I've actually never produced an animal before you know when I had the ball pythons that came very close but then I had a kid and I'm like Okay, I need to reevaluate things because I'm, I have a baby on the way, so I got to produce humans before you produce snakes. Yeah, more I know. Produce, <laughs> uh, you know, it 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 happens. <laughs> but uh, at least I'm good at breeding, you know, humans. There you go. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So I. I think it's kind of interesting how, like, I've never produced anything, and, like, I think the first thing I'm going to, you know, actually, pr you know, produce will be, like, dry Marcon. That's kind of insane when, I'm, when I kind of think about it. Um, but, you know, for the longest time, I was like, do I, do, I, do I really want to be a breeder, or do I just want to keep snakes for the fun of it? And I'm kind of looking at this as, like, kind of like a somewhat retirement plan of, like, just something casual I can do. You know, and for like the older I get, you know, just to make some extra money. Because like, here's the thing, you know, my day job as a tattoo artist, I don't have retirement. That's not a thing for me. I don't have a 401k. I don't have any of that shit. You're bending <laughs> like, over your back hurts every single day. Oh, dude, for don't even get me started on that. Oh my god, my back kills every day it's just you know pain's a state of being now <laughs> pain is just a state of being but uh yeah uh the batias is what i really want to get into more and more um i really want to keep focusing on my dry mark on uh and potentially dipping into some other larger colubrids but you know I'm just having fun with what I'm doing. Um, getting to learn the Batias is really, really fun. Uh, dealing with, you know, granted, I've not really handled him yet. A lot of people um, say you want to let him kind of chill out for a few months before you, you know, before you try to handle him. I did try one day to get him out. Try? What happened? I tried. <laughs> tried because I failed. The reason why I failed is because I'm a pussy and this thing is very large but i basically was getting him out because this was before i actually got him to eat and i was like well maybe if i you know get 
you get him a soak or something, this might help. Because um, that's what's something that like one person had told me, you know, to get him soaked or whatever. And uh, I tried to get him out. You know, I had a you know long snake hook. I had my I had my gear on, but dude, this thing like it flexed on me hard, Joe. This thing flexed on me hard, and it just it made eye contact, and I was like, nah, <laughs> no, nah, dude, you're good, chill out. I'm gonna go cry in a corner because this snake bested me <laughs> but uh i'm not gonna give up obviously like i'm letting them just kind of chill out and, and actually for uh for a few weeks what i've done is i uh put like a like a blanket in front of his cage uh to kind of help just calm him down and help him kind of acclimate to his enclosure and then uh what I did this this last weekend is I actually went and bought a bunch of fake plants to really like fill up the space in his cage and um now he's kinda kinda flirting with coming out and looking at me and stuff like that and you know, realizing that oh hey, maybe this uh fat tattooed guy isn't so bad. <laughs> I think there's just there's just some of those especially a snake that's been in the wild that's obviously has to rely on its instinct to avoid right. humans. Obviously he didn't do that good cause he is in captivity now, but, yeah. <laughs> but I'm He's slipping on me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, there's only, I think so much at a certain point that you're going to get that animal to like totally chill out. And it may take so much time, like more time than even. Oh, it's going to take months. It's gonna take months. It's a long game with these guys, which is all right. I mean, you, you think know. about, uh, some people who work with scrub pythons, like they can't get that yeah. breed for maybe four to six years. They think it may take <laughs> that long just to get right? them to the point where they don't freak themselves out so much that they're willing to do everyday activities like breed correctly, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was actually interesting though, because these guys do have such great eyesight, uh, there was one night that I was just chilling on the couch. I'd been home sick because I had caught something from my kid that she had caught from daycare. Fantastic. So I was off work for like a week, kicked my ass, and uh, I was just sitting on the couch like watching like Hulu or something. And this thing had like popped its head out and was like staring at me. Dude, just like staring through me, like through my fucking soul for an hour and a half without moving. For an hour and a half, this thing just stared at me. And I was like, what is what is this thing's problem, man? It's just like no moving, no tongue flicks, just staring at me for an hour and a half. It was weird. They are uh, totally interesting animals. I mean, in the same vein, uh, we had Brandon in the chat ask if you planned on getting Spilotes or like the tiger rat snake. So, Ooh, yeah, I actually, oh, it man. seems like once you get into these, you go there and then you go to King rat, you get yeah. all that shit. You know, it's funny that, 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 that person brought that up because I actually have a guy here in Iowa, uh, um, that uh, that like breeds uh, Spilotes pilatus, and uh, I've been I've been thinking about it, man. I've been thinking about it hard. Granted, a lot of this stuff is gonna have to come when I get a bigger place, because like I said, I live in a two bedroom apartment, not a whole lot of room. Um, but yeah, man, those are on my list too, and I mean those are really great, like 
you know, like Central American species. Um, I love how arboreal they are. You know, they love to climb. I think stuff like that is definitely like kind of on my radar is more like large clubbirds are also like semi, you know, arboreal. Uh, and of course have a great attitude, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, I don't know what it is about, like why, like I'm getting into stuff that tends to be like pissed off all the time, but, um, I don't know. It's just fun. Can I, you know, some people drive fast cars, some people buy snakes that like to try to rip your face off. Yeah, that's fair. So, you know, and uh, in like, it, you know, it's funny too because like in like my uh, well, like professional life, um, I've kind of become known by a lot of other tattooers as like the snake guy. <laughs> but not just so much because I keep snakes. A lot of people don't like. A lot of other tattooers don't even know that I really keep snakes. It's just because I've become like really known for like how i draw snakes i uh um i become you know pretty nerdy about like even when i'm designing a tattoo for someone if i'm doing a snake tattoo that like i i like do like proper like head scalation you know and stuff like that because i mean why not you know i don't think people realize how hard it is to draw an anatomically correct snake it's not easy it's not uh because it's it's one because a lot of times people just make them look like a fucking ribbon. It's like, no, nah, dude, like this thing's a tube. I mean, this thing's a tube of muscle, right? And it has a, you know has a spine and rib cage, you know. So you have to be very you know knowledgeable about making sure that you draw that correctly. And then there's the whole thing with like the scales, you know. Um, doing that's a whole nother you know can of worms because you, you know you got to do the belly scales correct as well as you know the head scalation and like head scalation is different for different types of snakes you know like um one thing that's interesting though is like colubrids and like a lapids their head scalation is actually very similar very very similar um you know uh they have a you know some like larger like scales like on top of their head but then it slow you know like quickly tapers into smaller scales but like like any sort of like viper or like rattlesnake like they don't like their their head scalation is very different um as well as uh, like pythons too but then again you know like i mean head scalation with, with pythons very too because like scrub pythons have those big big head scales and it kind of looks like a dinosaur it's kind of cool but then you jump um, over to morelia and there's like a thousand scales on a head i mean look at a green tree python right. it's like yeah exactly yeah it's it's pretty interesting um but that's kind of like something that i've become known for is just being like like i'll have a lot of other tattooers like message me like man like how do you how how are you so good at drawing snakes i'm like okay man you gotta realize i keep these things right and I literally have reference at my fingertips, you know, and plus I've spent countless hours studying and being around snakes. So of course I'm going to get good at drawing them, you know, because I'm a nerd and I'm going to draw the shit I like. And that's what I like. And it's so funny because I'll have clients, you know, that are like, Oh, so like what, you know, like what hobbies do you have outside of tattooing? I'm like, well, 
I keep snakes. Imagine that tattoo guy that keeps snakes, right? <laughs> That's not a stereotype at all. Yeah, at least it's not that far off. It's like, you know, people who are like accountants and keep snakes or something, and you got to fucking explain. They're like, okay, yeah, I could see that you keep snakes. Yeah, they're like, oh, well, that's not so surprising. Yeah. The guy with tattoos has pet snakes. <laughs> and then, but then they're like, well, what kind of snakes do you keep? I'm like, man, nothing you've ever heard of. And then they're like, well, like what? I'm like, okay. Dry Marcon. They're like, what's that? I'm like, all right. So I keep Dry Marcon Cooperi. I keep Dry Marcon Melanurus. Melanurus. I keep, you know, Dry Marcon Carias. And they're like, ah, you're, it's like, they're like, it's like you're speaking Chinese to me. You're like, I know, I get it. Um, but, you know, that's what this is, you know? And then, like, I keep a Patias Carinata. And then they're like, I don't even know. I'm like, honestly, a lot of people in the hobby don't really know about, like, like friends like Patias, even. You know, I'm if I'm correct in my thinking, I'm the only person in the whole state of Iowa that even keeps Drive Archon. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm a 28 year old, you know, tattoo artist. <laughs> um, but you know, it's interesting when I like start going down this rabbit hole with like clients, and they're like, I don't even know. Like, they're just like, you're they they didn't expect they you know they they expected like oh like i have like a red tail boa or like you know right. uh something like that but yeah well there is <laughs> a an accountant frank in the chat who keeps snakes so uh there you go hey there's, there's nothing wrong with that though there's your snake keeping accountant but uh, yeah so it's weird man because we're used to doing two hours so it's hard for me not to keep on going but we are just i mean i can keep going if for, I mean, for a bit if you can um I don't have anywhere to be like right away, but it's up to you. As long as your daughter's not waiting on the sidewalk or something like in those commercials. No, no, no. I, oh no, no, she's not waiting nowhere. I mean, I mean, she's at daycare, but I mean, I, I, I still have a little bit before I need to dip out of here. But, uh, I actually, uh, Oh, what the hell was I going to talk about? There was one thing I I was going to bring up. Um, shit. Um, what the hell was I going to say? Um, Latin names? We were just talking about that. Oh, yeah, Latin names. That's a big thing. Like, I was, I, I was, I thought it was really funny that in your uh, last podcast, you guys were talking about like Latin names a little bit. And it's actually something that's been kind of like on my mind a lot lately. I feel like a lot of people sometimes think that if you use Latin names primarily for talking about your snakes, you're a little pretentious. I don't agree with that. You know, um, I think that you're just being more specific about, you know, the species in which you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I know some people are like, think that it's like you're trying to like show like how knowledgeable you are. It's like, no, man, like I just. Like, if I'm talking about Drymarcon, for instance, like, there's seven different animal, you know, like, seven different species within that one genus, all right? And they are different, and they come from different regions, you know? You need to be specific about what it is. Um, you know, you can't just say a Kribo, because, well, there's different types of Kribos. You know, granted, you can say Blacktail or, like, Yellowtail or, you know, mm-hmm. um, Unicolor, but, um, but like, for instance, like, when you, like, when, like, when you bring up the you know the concept of like you know like rat snakes right there's so many different species of rat snake yeah if i said 
Rufus. I keep rat snakes, and I'm talking about Pantherophis, and you're talking about Spilodes. I mean, that is like, you might as well be keeping a chihuahua and a fucking wolf. Yeah, literally. Like, I mean, you compare like a, you know, like a corn snake to a, you know, to a Spilodes pilatus, like, you know, I'm sorry, one's like a Volkswagen bug and the other one's like a fucking Ferrari, you know, not in the sense of like their value, but I mean, just different things. Yeah. Like one's like fucking high octane. The other one's like really chill, you know, pretty laid back. And like, there's nothing wrong with corn snakes, obviously, but, um, I don't like them. Nope. Not at all. (laughs) Fuck them. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think I think we just have like a subsects of culture within our reptile culture within itself is a tiny subsect of cultures. But it's like, you know, the Moralia guys consider themselves Moralia yeah. guys, not carpet python guys, because Moralia yeah. guys, for some reason, also includes people who like liasis, also people who mm-hmm. maybe like scrubs and mm-hmm they tend to use genus names to differentiate too. And I think it's, it's a cultural thing as much as it is, uh, you know, something that's convenient or useful. Right. Well, cause like, here's the thing, you know, if you're working with like ball pythons, you know, and you, you constantly refer to your ball pythons as Python a day Regius. It's like, dude, fucking chill. (laughs) Like, knock it off <laughs> like, we get it you keep all pythons like you're not that cool dude <laughs> like, um but you know whatever though if someone wants to use common names that's perfectly okay but don't shit on people just because they they they, they use you know um the latin names of things um because you know there's a lot of situations that can come up where you're talking about an animal with somebody. Say you're talking to somebody who's from a different country, right? Like, like there's a guy I know that that's a lot of the giant Marcon groups who's from South Korea and you know, English is not his first language, but he understands the Latin names of things because well, it's, it's universal, right? Oh, cut out. Can't hear you. I should have oh, probably turned my I mic can, on. That's probably why. But I can, I can. <laughs> but it's the it's the whole reason why the Latin names exist is because obviously scientists from all over the world can communicate effectively mm-hmm. even if they don't speak the language. We we like to think that yeah. English is the universal language, but in science, I guess Latin's a universal language. Uh, so absolutely not. <laughs> so I think. Yeah, and it's also you find that some communities have a more scientific view of things for some reason. Uh, you know, the rarer stuff, guys are usually a little bit more yeah. into it and like to kind of well, nerd out a little bit more, I guess. Yeah, and that's kind of like what ended up happening with me is like I started like dipping into these more, you know, rare snakes and un- these more uncommon species. And it's like most people when you're dealing with that aren't calling them by their common name you're gonna have to learn what is it, the the nomenclature or whatever it is you know you're you're gonna have to know these uh know these terms um and that's okay you know um just do your homework and you know it's all right but if you're you know, working with more common stuff that's fine obviously but when you when you get into these more advanced uncommon species like you need to learn this stuff you know um but 
yeah, man, I, I'm actually kind of jealous of like, um, people that are, you know, you know, able to keep like some of those like, uh, you know, like scrub pythons or like Morelia and, you know, stuff like that. Cause where I'm at, I actually can't, I can't keep constrictors that get, uh, over six feet. Wait, what is that a city limit thing? Yeah, it's a city thing. It, I can't keep constrictors to get over six foot. Now, granted, I do have a snake that's already eight feet, you know, eight feet long. However, my loophole, because I <laughs> I did my research, is it's not a constrictor. So they can go fuck themselves. Which is like, it's a, it's a silly rule because if you're smart, <laughs> right. you know the loophole. Just like if you're in New York, um, you can't keep a retic, you can't keep a berm. But guess what? They don't know what a scrub is. They don't know what an olive python is. So there yeah, you of course go. Not. Get you one of those. Right. Exactly. And because um, like I was talking with a few different people about like th- before I actually pulled the trigger on getting, um, you know, dry mark on and then getting a Patias and they're like, dude, like, are you sure you can do that? I'm like, yeah, I can fucking do it because there's no law in my city, which is not a very big city about keeping, you know, large colubrids. It just like, there's some stupid rules. Like friends is like, I can't keep bull snakes. Um, I can't keep like, um, plains or like a prairie, up, you know, native to Iowa bull snakes because they they live here. Even though I could buy a captive bred animal from someone across the country, still doesn't matter. It's a bull snake. I can't have it. I can't have hog noses. I can't keep a fucking hog nose, dude. Yeah, that's a, that's so the one thing. Stupid. When I was in Colorado, I mean, I looked I looked for hognose and then realized, oh wait, you can't have them here. That's why they're not at any of the shows and not in the stores. Right, and like the thing is, it's because you know hognose. Yes, I think it's like Western hognoses uh, are technically live in Iowa. I've never seen one, but uh, you know, it's rear fang venomous. Please. Please, <laughs> like, come on, man. Rear fang venomous. It's a fucking hog nose. Like, that ain't gonna do shit to nobody. Like, the venom literally, like, unless you're allergic, nothing. Maybe a little bit of swelling. That's it. That's it. You yeah. know. I mean, I've seen, um, I've seen bad reactions, but it still ends up just being a swollen hand or something like that. I mean, I've seen, I mean, obviously anything that you inject in your body, whether it's a bee sting or a mosquito Mm -hmm. bite can have adverse reactions and you can go into anaphylaxis or something, but (laughs) yeah, (laughs) you know, I mean, obviously things can happen, but I mean, I wouldn't call a hog nose dangerous, but Oh God, no, you know, cause it's like friends. It's like, uh, I would love to get into, um, Hydronastus to get um, gigas, uh, which um, hydrodynastus gigas, which are you know a, a false water cobras, because uh, they're a large colubrid that are fucking beautiful. They're also smelly, like everything but, else you like. I know I like smelly things, um, except for women. But anyway, um, <laughs> well that's good. At least you draw the line. Yeah, uh, right. I got it. I got to draw the line somewhere, yeah. <laughs> Joe. Um, but uh, um, you know, I'd love to keep. Uh, false water cobras, but again, you know, they're, they're rear fang. Iowa doesn't like rear fang stuff. And so I don't get to keep it, but you know, 
it is what it is. Um, I still am able to keep some really cool stuff. Um, again, I mean, like, I, like, I, and like, I'm a snake guy, but for some reason, my brain has been flirting with the idea of like um, Varanus, you know, getting into monitors. I'm like, oh, they're so cool. It's like a pet raptor, but you know. I can't, I can't do that either because, you know, um, my state just fucking hates cool shit. But, uh, cause like, dude, like, I'd love to get into some different monitor species. Uh, I've like listened to a few different, like a podcast of yours with guys that do keep monitors. I'm like, oh man, that sounds so cool. I need to get oh, me yeah. some. You're going to have a but, two bedroom apartment just for those fucking things. Dude, no shit. Right. Like, but you know, that's the thing is like, obviously like a lot of my plans are like stuff that's going to be like down the road, you know, but, um, when I get into a bigger place, but man, like it'd be cool to keep a monitor lizard, you know, of, of any, you know, uh, species. Cause they're, you know, pretty intelligent. Um, you're gonna need a bomb like for- suit for that fucking thing. If you need a face <laughs> mask for the, the I, know, I know, right. Walking in like, Oh God, here we go. <laughs> but uh yeah because like i mean because like water monitors right dude those things are so rad but you know it gets to be like a six foot long fucking mini komodo dragon you know uh but if you but if you work with them from from like the time that they're like hatchlings like and you get them you know socialized you know they can be a really cool animal to work with but i just my state again hates cool shit and i'm just stuck with trying to find loopholes to, to find cool snakes to you know bring into my apartment but uh yeah i mean i don't know man i just i've definitely gone down that road now that that, that like weird bunny hole of just finding weirder and weirder shit and i grant i feel like getting a patias carnot is definitely on that spectrum a lot but i'm like now i'm like man what's like the next weird thing i'm gonna get it's like really out there you need to hit me up when you finally hit that wall and you're finally like oh wait i fucking hate whatever this is because you're gonna yeah there's gonna be one thing at least i know like everyone who has uh whether it's like maclots python or timor pythons or scrub pythons people do it a lot it's like eventually you get to the point where you're like oh i don't like this anymore like there's a there's definitely limits oh absolutely um but uh i don't know man um i just uh you know there's a lot of weird colubrids out there that are really cool like i'm in this one group on uh, facebook um it's like large and uncommon colubrids and the the shit those guys post in that group i'm just like damn dude like i thought i knew what cool shit was but i had no idea until i i got into that group and i'm like seeing stuff i've never even heard of before that blows my mind uh what's his name is zach um like neo, what the fuck is a neotropical bird eating fucking snake or something? You know, like just crazy oh, shit. Dude, he's got dude, that dude's got some cool shit, man. And like I talked to him quite a bit, you know, and like he you know, he he actually has given me a lot of advice with like my Batias and everything and um uh he'd be a cool person to have on for sure. I already hit him up. I, we'll have to torture him. No, nice. It, so nice. Yeah, because like that dude's got some cool stuff, dude. Like 
God, like stuff that I've just I've never even knew existed. Um, him and like there's another dude, uh, Aaron, uh, Heron? Heron, I think it's yeah. yeah, that got some really cool stuff too. Um, both of those dudes are they, you know, they man, I'm so jealous of their collections. Uh, eventually someday I'll get there, but. But they've also, I mean, think about all the hard work that goes into it. I mean, all Mm -hmm. the snakes, unfortunately, that you have to kill in order to figure out how to even keep them at that point. At that level, you're like, how do I get Mm -hmm. this thing to eat? How do I keep it alive? How do I treat it? Um, I mean, you get a small glimpse of that, but uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, it gets even more. Like, There's levels to that shit, right? Well, like that's the thing is like, you know, getting a Batias Carnata, that's a gamble. Yeah. That's a gamble. It really is. Uh, because this thing could even, you know, it seems to be doing really good now. It could fucking keel over at any second, I feel like. I mean, that's like from like the stories I've heard from other, other people. Shit will be going great for months. You know, I had Zach tell me about how he's had animals that he's had captive for like, a, you know, for a year. Doing great. Eating well. Then one day, just shits the bed. And... <laughs> thing just keels over and you're like well what the fuck like i was feeding you you were you were shedding awesome you had all this you know great stimulation and you had this great closure and then you fucking die on me you bastard like it just sucks but i mean that's that that's the thing that you have to kind of reconcile with yourself when you're getting into this is that you know these more uncommon species like, look, dude, there's going to be snakes that die. And if you can't handle that, you shouldn't get into this because, you know, there are going to be times where you, yeah, you invested a lot of money into an animal. And guess what? That animal that doesn't care how much money you spent, if it dies, it dies. Like, you just have to roll with the punches and learn from it and try to move forward and become a better keeper. You know, yeah, that's all you can think, do. Uh... There's only so much of the investment mentality you could come, you can come in with because it's not like with ball pythons. You're pretty sure that thing's gonna breed and whatnot. I mean, but yeah. when you're talking with these animals, I mean, yeah, it may be an investment, but also, I mean, you gotta figure out your shit before you even get to you know the breeding aspect and uh, and if but oh, if you do nice if you do figure it out you know you can plant yourself heavily in that corner and be that guy which is awesome yeah and it's so much more rewarding you know like for instance like the fact like that like to me you know keeping a wild caught snake that's only been in the country for you know since june and and the fact that i'm able to get it eating dude i feel fucking great about that because i did my homework and i did my due diligence and i'm i'm this thing is living and eating and um that's a hard thing to do you know it's not like keeping you know like a corn snake or like a ball python i mean dude like corn snakes are fucking bulletproof right like you have to try to kill those things um and that's okay but you know with stuff like this like it is like it's it's so rewarding when you're like oh fuck yeah i got this this crazy asshole snake to eat you know this thing yeah (laughs) it's like i beat you i beat you fuck you i beat you you know (laughs) it's almost like you're at like battle with the snake and like you you know you get that achievement like achievement unlocked you know yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> no, that's that's awesome because I mean it's easy for with a lot of species to go on autopilot kind of, and then I feel like that's how you yeah. get uh, that's how you get disinterested or care less for the animal or something like that. Yes. Yes, I think that it's important to, I think a lot of people get caught up in, in these things that they just want to work with stuff that's going to make them money. And I'm like, man, I get that. Like, I get that. And like, nor do I want to ever shame anybody for working with stuff that's going to make them money because that's stupid. Like, why would I want someone to not make money? That's dumb. However, work with stuff that, 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 that makes you happy, you know, work with stuff that, that, that gets you excited. Um, don't work with something just because you see dollar signs. And that's one of the things I think is the downfall of the ball python market is people just like, they just see dollar signs. They don't give a shit about ball pythons. They just want to make money and they think that they're going to be the next, someone that starts their name with a B and, um, I don't know anyone not drawing any, Nope. I don't know any people named that, that are really popular and stuff. But anyway, (laughs) the, the the point is though is work with stuff that's that's exciting that's gonna get your blood going you know um, that's gonna give you kind of uh, just excitement in life I mean if you're just gonna work with something for just the money then like I think your priorities are messed up because that's a living thing first and foremost like people kind of forget like this is a living creature okay like it didn't ask for this it did not ask to live in your house in whatever type of enclosure, whether you keep it in, in a tub or a, or a cage, that thing by design should be out in the wild, right? So because of the fact that we are making that decision for it, we need to treat it well and we need to treat it with respect. And if you're just focusing on money, then man, I, 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 like, I feel like you're not respecting that animal. You know, I don't keep dry marcon because I know that if I get like a, you know, a clutch of eight to ten indigo eggs, I got fucking, I got stacks coming. Okay, that's not why I do it. I do it because dry marcon are cool, man. Like, it, it, like it's a crazy large snake, you know, that that's a fucking apex predator. You know, like that's cool. Mm-hmm. Like that, like that's exciting. You know, um, but you know. I mean, that's the thing is, you know, granted, I know I'm not a breeder yet. I get that. But I've spent plenty of time around people who are. And I do see some people that just kind of go down that bunny hole of just chasing the almighty dollar. And it's really sad. And you start seeing, like, their husbandry go to shit. And it's it's really sad to me, you know? And I I think it's important to note that. In the beginning, at least, some of those people who started the ball python thing, I mean, they were the people who cared that much. They were the the minority, and then all the mutations came and stuff. And then, you know, the other people down the pyramid are the ones who were more about the money, even though, I mean, at some point the other guys were too, but I mean, they started out as, you know, snake guys. It's not like they were all... (laughs) about the money maybe some lost that maybe some didn't i don't know yeah because uh you know i mean you gotta think about it like like the first people who work with like ball pythons for instance those dudes were importing wild caught ball pythons which didn't want to eat they were pissed off all the time and like it was an animal that 
they still kept with it because they thought it was cool, you know? And now look at what it's turned into. It's become this crazy thing where you go to a reptile show, that's majority of what you're going to see is you're going to see ball pythons, you know, um, because of, you know, the, the morph thing. And um, that, I mean, that's an interesting subject too. Morphs, like, I think like, uh, I, that's one of the things that kind of got me out, out of ball pythons too, is like seeing some different things with like people like chasing morphs is uh, I personally am not the biggest fan of inbreeding and like reptiles. I know a lot of people think it's okay. Um, and that's fine, but like, for instance, with like, you know, like indigos, right? You like, you'd be very careful with, with like inbreeding because you can cause, you know, dwarfism, you can cause, you know, enlarged hearts. Um, you can cause a lot of problems with these animals. And plus, granted, there's a much smaller gene pool, right? But I just, for me, like, I don't want to breed, you know, a fucking daughter back to its dad. But I know that, like, maybe that's just my own, like, moral stuff. But um, I, I, I just personally don't like the idea of, of inbreeding. But I know that for a lot of stuff, like, it's going to be fine for the most part. But, like, the, 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 the things with morphs, like, what got me out of kind of, like, chasing that. And I know that, like, technically my batias is a melanistic, but it's wild caught so like it happens naturally and there are enough of them where it's like it's not like a you know it's it's not like a ball python type of thing but um but 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 it could go that way if people were able to work with it enough to be able to produce them um the thing is uh what what kind like there was kind of like a definitive moment that kind of got me away from morphs and just from ball pythons in general was i got a calibi ball python and I had kept a python that had spider in it before, and it didn't have wobble, right? But this one, I didn't realize that when I bought it, had the worst fucking wobble ever. This thing, when I got it home, man, this thing was like stargazing all the time, just corkscrewing like, like this all the time i'd like walk in and it'd be like upside down like its head on the ground like that and thinking like oh shit is this thing dead like and uh i just think like man how unfortunate like this like like this snake is basically like mentally retarded you know Sorry if people don't like that term, but whatever. And, and we <laughs> you know. know that every spider is going to have that defect yet yeah. persists, yeah. And uh, once I, like, had that snake and saw, like, the issues with its, you know, neurological shit, I was like, man, I don't know if I can do anything with, uh, with like, ball pythons and morphs anymore because it just, it just, it broke my fucking heart, man, like, seeing this animal, like, not being able to function normally like it's whole like equilibrium is all fucked because someone wanted to make this cool looking animal and it was a very beautiful animal too man it, it, it you know because you know because it had the calico in it so it had like super high whites it just gorgeous animal but the thing was fucked up in the head and for me it's like i just i that just really like broke my heart and i I really kind of, that's, I think, one of the biggest catalysts to why, like, why, what drove me down the road I'm at now where I'm wanting to deal with, like, more, like, locality stuff, you know? Yeah, I and, went through a, a similar thing. Yeah. Not, not very similar, but, uh, and I still do, obviously, morphs of corn snakes and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, 
Well, I think with like with corn snakes though too, there it's it's kind of a little bit different too because uh, you can have a snake that has a bunch of different like you know head for a bunch of different shit, and not even know. Yeah. You know, um, corn snakes it's a little bit different. Like there's so many different things that you can have in there. I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to justify to myself with like why like I think corn snakes are a little bit more okay than like ball pythons with more, but. Well, just because you know that there's no possibility of me making money ever. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Uh, don't beat yourself up like that. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, there's just no uh, – there's no economic upside. So it's not – you don't pursue corn snakes out of greed where maybe there's a small percentage of ball python people that do pursue ball pythons strictly out of greed. So yeah. I think the right. the economics of the whole situation, for whatever reason, makes it more appealing on the corn snake side, less appealing on the ball python side. I don't judge it that yeah. much, but I mean, yeah, yeah, I would think that's why. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm just like shit on ball pythons real bad right now, but I just, uh, I don't know, man. Like, I have no problem with people doing that. It's just not what I want to do anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think that you know everyone has their place in the world with what they're doing. You know, I think that it's important that maybe some more people do venture out into different things so that we can see more and more cool stuff at you know reptile shows and for purchase in the hobby. You know, like that's like one thing. Like, like I love watching like Dan Maleri's uh, YouTube channel because he talks about that a lot and. Um, he's someone that like i mean i didn't even know about the ties until i saw his shit you know mm-hmm. and uh uh i think that you know he talks a lot about how like it's important to like kind of bring a newer perspective and a newer you know um view of like what the possibilities are for the hobby uh granted i'm not importing snakes by any means but well, I mean, technically, I'm, I'm importing a, a yellowtail from uh, Canada in, a, like, the next month, but... <laughs> Canadian snakes, oh, no. Yeah, yeah, it's it fucking thrives off poutine. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I'm actually, yeah, like, like that's actually a new venture I'm getting into, is, like, importing a snake from a different country. Um, that's going to be um, interesting, because, like, one of the best... Uh, one of the best dry um, breeders out there is this guy named Chris Stone, and he uh, he he keeps a lot of um, different uh, dry Marcon, and he's in Canada. And I was like, man, like he he he's got this yellowtail line that's just fucking insane. Like, dude, their yellows are like just electric looking, and the mom of the female I'm getting. Like, I've been on a waiting list since fucking January for this thing, <laughs> you know. Um, and uh, finally, it was born, like, 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 a couple months ago. Like, now I'm just waiting for it to get ready to be shipped. But uh, its mom it's is just this insane yellow, high yellow, like, like lemon-headed um, yellowtail. And, like, a, a, a lemon head, for those who don't know, is basically a yellowtail that has, like, a very yellow-looking head. You know, so I mean, uh, yellowtails can be very variable with like how dark they are, you know, how much yellow in, like, in their tail and how far up that yellow goes. I mean, sometimes it's like a half body tail, you know, I mean, yellow, um, you know, animal and not just a yellow tail. But then what's cool, though, is it's dad. His dad is a wild caught animal that he 
somehow figured out how to get it to, after years, breed with a captive-bred female. And um, this thing is insane. Because first off, it's cool because it's a whole new bloodline into um, this particular sect of the hobby. And what's cool is that the body of this yellowtail male that's wild-caught, it's almost purple, dude. It's almost fucking purple. And I'm just like, what? Like, a, like, like, like a purple and gold snake? Like... How is that not in like a rapper's like music video? <laughs> like, 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 like that's so dope. A yellow and fucking purple snake. So that's kind of, you know, I'm spending a pretty penny to get that thing imported, but um, but I'm excited about it, you know, because I mean that's that's like a bloodline that's not even really been used yet, you know. So, uh. <laughs> Yeah, man. Like, um, there, there, there's a lot of cool stuff with like yellowtails. Um, I've actually seen, you know, speaking of morphs, funny enough, I've actually seen some pictures recently of a yellowtail that looks to be exanthic. I feel like that and, that takes away the best part of the animal, the uniqueness. Of not necessarily, animal. though. Like, I mean, this this animal looked really cool, dude. But I mean, um. I don't know. I guess it depends on what all you're into. Uh, but then again, like Alan Bertoski actually showed me some pictures. He's kept some crazy uh, um, dries over the year. Uh, he showed me like melanistic yellowtails, um, like all kinds of insane shit that I like didn't even knew existed. But I mean, most people don't eat, you know, know they know that they exist. And I was just like, I felt like I had just taken the fucking, you know, pill and went into the matrix. It was insane. <laughs> like, like, like he was fucking Morpheus or, or, or some shit. And I fucking red pill. But, uh, yeah, man. Uh, you're sounding like know. you're not a morph guy because there's just not enough morphs and dries yet. But when they do come, you're, you're maybe, maybe deep. I'm a fucking huge hypocrite. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Which could be, I don't know. Um, I, you know, cause, uh, I mean, there's like exantic blacktails out there and those are, I mean, pretty decent looking. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I just, I, 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 I do think for me though, I, I want to stick with stuff that's pretty much, you know, doesn't vary far from, from the original look of the animal. Um, because uh, there's a lot of cool stuff out there that doesn't need to be fucked with that that, that looks cool straight out of the gate. Uh, like there's one species of Batias. I'm not even gonna attempt to pronounce what its uh, Latin name is. I don't even know what its common name is, uh, but it's it starts with an N. That's all I know. And um, I know that like Aaron uh, Aaron has oh the has, the Emni one. Wait, yeah, Wait. it's uh. It starts with an N. It's like Negro or something. Like, <laughs> looks like Marcia. Uh, I can't pronounce it. <laughs> I don't know. I want to find it, but... Uh... But this thing's like greenish looking. And it's like... It's a cool looking animal, man. And um, there's no reason to even fuck with it. Because right out of the gate, like it's a... It's just like kind of like crazy, like electric green looking snake. Like... Why mess with it? You know, but 
Um, I don't know. I mean, there's or like uh, you, you guys guys that are working with like uh, Chironius um, snakes, uh, um, like uh, Chironius uh, exolitus. Uh, those are some cool looking snakes too, man. Um, again, I don't even know what the common name for that is. I have no idea. But uh, I just I just looked up the other one, and yeah, you're right. It's a borderline hate crime if you don't know how to pronounce it right. I think. So. <laughs> I yeah, exactly. Like, I swear, I'm not trying to say inappropriate things. <laughs> yeah, it's but, something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, man, I actually, oh, shit, I, I probably should get getting head out of here, though. Uh, I do got to get my kid in, like, 15 minutes. But, uh, dude, it's been fun, man. It's sure. been a really fun time uh, talking and uh, nerding out on some interesting snakes. We'll have to have you back once you get uh, whatever Patias, whatever that name is, and uh, or you breed <laughs> Dry Marcon or something like that. Yeah, or... I've actually thought about getting like Patias Mucosa. Those are pretty cool too. Um, but yeah, man, I'll I'll definitely let you know when I get some more interesting stuff. Um, it's definitely down the pipeline. Just uh, like I said, I, I just need some more space, but. So, yeah, man. Thanks for thanks for having me on, though. Of course. So, if people want to get in touch with you, talk about stinky, bitey, smelly snakes, um, or tattoos, or anything like that, where can they reach you? Uh, basically, uh, best way to get a hold of me is like uh, through Facebook, which is uh, you know Riley West Anderson, or on Instagram, uh, Riley underscore West underscore Anderson. Granted, my first name is R Y L E E, so it's a little confusing. But it's probably thanks, Armin. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's actually the female spelling of Riley, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, mom and dad. Helpful. <laughs> yeah, but no, nope. That's the best way to get a hold of me is through Facebook or Instagram. Um, I'm pretty responsive. I have a lot of people hit me up for like tattoos. So if you want to hit me up about snake stuff or if you want commissioned snake artwork, I, that's something I also do. So if you want some really cool, um, snake or reptile inspired artwork, hit me up and I can do something for you. Damn. There you go, man. Thanks yeah. so much for being on you guys. No problem. To, uh, reach me, poor city pythons, poor city pythons.com, poor city pythons, Instagram, poor city pythons, YouTube, fucking everywhere, whatever. Thank you guys so much for listening to this little mini episode that ended up being like almost a full episode, but you know, that's <laughs> what we do. Right. <laughs> and we will catch you in like just a couple days. It's just crazy.